MVP Stetson Bennett is joining us live. Stetson, good morning, my friend. How you feeling this morning after that incredible performance last night? Have you had a chance to get any sleep? Uh, you know, a few hours. Um, <laughs> not many. Uh, I've been, been wondering about... Uh, yeah, no, not many. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have plenty of time to sleep. Congratulations. And what a story. Not just the Bulldogs, but, but you. I mean, you, you start your career there at Georgia. You're a walk-on. You transfer to a junior college. You come back to Georgia. You know, so many people overlooked you. What have you learned about yourself during this journey? Uh, well, you know, I think I... I always had a pretty constant view about myself. Um, I think I learned that life's hard. Uh, you know, you got to work for what you want. Uh, you know, you got to bet on yourself, just like, you know, all you guys, and just like Michael and, you know, everybody here, everybody who's ever been successful, you got to bet on yourself. Um, you know, and other people might put in some, you know, change on the odds, but, you know, that, that, that never really matters. Um, you got to work hard, love the people who's around you. They got to love you and uh, bet on yourself. Stetson Bennett living life to the fullest the day after becoming a national champion shows up drunk on Good Morning America with Michael Strahan and was that Robin Roberts? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great interview by Stetson Bennett. I think we all would probably be in that same boat. I just can't wait to see the stories that come out about Stetson Bennett once he gets back to Athens and gets to party there for a few nights. But all-time interview by a college quarterback. We're back, Tales from the Tailgate. This feels like a reunion tour of sorts because we have finally located Bo. And we have Oliver Matt back. But Good to see you all again. Yeah, it's it's been uh it's been a time without <laughs> you. We've had to struggle for guests, man. Like uh, having me coordinate talent for a few weeks in a row is is a little more work than I expected to do, but we're glad that Bo is back and it sounds like Bo had a decent amount of fun. While he was gone, Bo, what was what was your New Year's like? We missed you for like probably almost a month now. Yeah, close to a month. Well, when I wasn't when I wasn't enjoying listening to what, frankly, are probably better better talking heads than I am, and in Rustin and William Walker, you really did a strong job with all that. Uh, I had a great time, got some skiing in, saw some family, enjoyed the holidays interview for some jobs. Didn't get them. That's okay. That happens. Uh, but we tried some stuff. We had a good time and I'm excited to be back talking about college football and mostly talking about this Stetson Bennett Jones County junior college guy. What a guy. Awesome clip. So excited to be hanging out with y'all. Awesome. Glad to be back. Alex, how are you? Yeah, I'm hanging in and Bo, you know, take a, take a moment just to appreciate the drunken ramblings of, of Stetson Bennett the fourth. What a guy. You just, just bet on yourself, brother. Bet on yourself. Hey, that's life it. is hard. That's what, that's what this has all taught him. And it's what it's going to teach all of us to, uh, again, what a fantastic interview. 
like Rob said, an all-timer. I don't think anything will ever top Joe Burrow going on, pardon my take, the morning after the national championship game where the two of them are vomiting during the interview. (laughs) That, to me, will never be eclipsed unless somebody is having themselves a Kodak Black moment uh, during the interview where someone is twerking on them. I don't think there's ever going to be anything that beats Joe Burrow, but Stetson Bennett, hats off to you, dude. Uh, That phenomenal game, phenomenal season, and just all-time guts going on Good Morning Mm -hmm. America with zero sleep after chugging Pappy Van Winkle. This, (laughs) This guy, he lived that span of, you know, 10, 12 hours, whatever it was. He probably had zero sleep, but he probably also had zero heads up about going on Good Morning America until someone knocked on his door like a coach and, like, forced him to get out It's like, dude, it's 6.45, you're on at 7.15. I'm sorry, what? Like, he sounded like the kid in class who definitely, like, did not care about, like, the reading or the assignment and the teachers just trying to get you to say, like, anything and is just, like, pressing for it. And it's like, I I don't know, man. Like His eyes weren't going (laughs) the same direction. (laughs) Like, you just gotta believe, man. Like, went out there, beat Bama. Good time. It's like, yeah, a report on Animal Farm. Uh, a bunch of animals on this farm, and life was not easy for them. But they they believed, and they bet on themselves. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know if I like that analogy because I'm a big Cesar Bennett fan. So let's let's have let's have the no, it, it, it was awesome. It was it's literally you ask the you ask the hero at the bar while they're tanked. What are they gonna say? It was it was perfect. Yeah. This kid is a national treasure right now. Did you get a lot of sleep? Live no. every second of this, Stetson. What the hell do you think? No, I didn't get a lot of sleep. What kind of question? Next question. No. <laughs> Next question. No. All right. Should have just been. I'm. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> Auburn Matt. Some good. Some good memes going around with him on the sidelines crying. I know Rob sent me one uh, earlier. Was it today or yesterday? About. Oh yeah. Uh, the, the tears when you apply to 15 investment banks, but you don't get any of the investment banking jobs. And it was Stetson Bennett crying on the sidelines. So uh, Stetson Bennett truly, I think he'll live forever in the oh, he, collective consciousness now. Yeah, he is a meme forever, but all of us would have cried exactly the same way. Absolutely. I, no I, doubt. Would, I was I almost would. crying the same way just watching. And as someone who would be denied by many more firms than that, yeah, yeah, I get that. The meme would still <laughs> apply to me. Auburn, Matt, you've been, uh, you've been missing for a little bit, too. You made it out to the Peach Bowl. You're supposed to come see me at the Sugar Bowl and just, just didn't seem to make it. But out of all four of us here, uh, your second school was actually the only one to win a bowl game this year. How does that feel? Yeah, so uh, Stetson Bennett looked barred out as hell. I was probably him times two the next day. Uh, I mean, we can go over the story later, but, I mean, essentially, you know, I went out to, like, 6 a.m. party because I don't know if anybody watched that game, but that was probably one of the best games in bowl season, I'd say, outside of the playoff. I mean, the playoff wasn't really that interesting except for maybe the national championship game, but I didn't really watch it that much. Um, I'd say out of all the New Year's Six Bowls, that one and then the Ohio State one were really interesting. Uh, 
yeah, some great times. Definitely wouldn't. <laughs> I'm surprised he was able to actually talk on on air the way he was because he was he was like definitely drunk. So I was probably like that, but I couldn't even move the next day, so it was pretty bad. <laughs> Yeah, you took it. You took it pretty hard after the Peach Bowl. There was no way that you were making the seven-hour drive. I know no. people who live in Atlanta that were like, "Oh yeah, man, we're flying. We're not making that seven-hour drive to go to the Sugar Bowl." It's like we'll just fly to New Orleans. So there, in reality, there was no way that you were going to make it down there. Uh, I've been I had like a two and a half day, two and a half day hangover. Yeah, after that one, but I, I lost my voice and. Um... Yeah, like yelling and screaming for bad and good reasons. Wasn't it? I don't know if I got as like angry drunk as you did during the Vanderbilt game, but yeah, it was. I lost my voice and I had a two and a half day hangover, but at least my team won. So, and I spent fifty dollars drunkenly spent fifty dollars on a Michigan State Peach Bowl champions shirt. So, well, you got that solid forever. Purchase. Yeah, solid, solid investment. Yeah. That'll be worth. It was probably worth about five once you left the stadium, to be honest. But there you go. You'll have it forever. Put it up, frame it, do something with it. I'm I'm doing pretty well, I think. Nothing really new in my world. Finally got over the uh, everything that came with that New Orleans trip and being tired. It took me took me a few days, but we are back on the grind. About a hundred percent now. Was a, was able to get out and golf. Uh, for the first time this past weekend, I was able to golf nine holes, especially since my leg injury. Got to test that out, so uh, I think we're back to around 100% on my end, so that's pretty good for me. Let's get into it this week. Obvious, biggest story that we have, national championship, college football playoff championship. Georgia busts a 40-year drought and takes down Nick Saban and Alabama 33 to 18 in a game that was really closer than what that score shows a late pick uh, by Alabama pick six uh, really to seal it um, but I mean that game was that game was close and it finally happened you know the evil Empire was taken down by Georgia the Bama of the East Kirby Smart gets the first win as an assistant coach or as a you know Saban assistant coach, former assistant coach, to coach for him at Alabama. Jimbo did it earlier this year, but uh, he was an assistant with Saban at LSU. So Kirby Smart gets the first win as a former Alabama assistant of Nick Saban over Nick Saban, and it's in a national championship game. So congratulations to Georgia, as much as I dislike Georgia and Georgia fans, and then barking at people. Fun times had by Georgia fans barking at people in Indianapolis restaurants and getting the cops called on them. That might just be fun. That might, that may be, made me like them a little bit more. I fell asleep after the third quarter once Bama retook the lead, and I had to go back and watch the rest of it. And that halftime show by whatever Katy Perry did, I did not know that was Katy Perry for, like, the entire video until, like, the next day <laughs> when I looked it up. I, I thought that I had fallen asleep and that the game ended. And I didn't even know, like, what channel I was watching anymore because I kind of came to during that. I had absolutely no idea what was going on, and then that kept me up at least through the third quarter. But, Alex, your least two favorite schools probably on the face of the earth, they square off, and at least it wasn't Bama this time. And in a way, that's worse. I think yeah. because we all were wrong. We, we talked about it last what? week. 
What? It is. It's it's absolutely worse because now Georgia, an already intolerable fan base, has newfound validity. They have, you know, firmly stamped themselves as someone who actually can win it. And they have beaten the pants off us since I've gone to Auburn far more than Bama has. You know, we have a much better record against Alabama than we do Georgia. I, the devil you know in Alabama is like, okay, just another year, same argument, same whatever. Now we've got to deal with Georgia barking at people again. I, dang it, just, <laughs> just, just shoot. I mean, <laughs> what else can I say? This is like the worst day it, that you could possibly be an Auburn fan. But then, thankfully, we went out and beat Alabama in basketball in Tuscaloosa. So, at least there's that. Yeah, there you go. You really showed them uh, beating them in basketball when they were in the national championship. No, I, I, I thought this was awesome. This is the best team in the country beating the second best team in the country. Uh, the playoff system absolutely worked and the, the game was amazing. And, and Georgia really like, I know the game was close uh, and it was close throughout, but Georgia to me really did just, they, they won that game, held Alabama to 30 rushing yards, two interceptions. Uh, they look good throughout. We already talked about Stetson Bennett a little bit. Love that kid. This is, I think y'all have already talked about all this, but this is the fifth different SEC team to win the national championship in the last, what, 15 years. Uh, the 12th SEC champion in the last 15 years. So, I mean, I, I get it uh, as an Auburn fan, but it's good for the conference as well. And now we've got two new teams coming in and we can talk about that on later episodes uh, as we go. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching this game and I actually thought it was a great result as an Ole Miss fan, not as an Auburn fan, but as an Ole Miss fan. The one thing that I will say, just in disagreement to that, because it was a well-thought-out, cogent statement, <laughs> but I don't think that the best team in the country beat the second-best team. Because really? if you look, if you look, you know, when Jamison Williams went down, that was now Alabama minus him and John Metchie. You lost 2,000-yard receivers. You've lost two key starters in the secondary if you're Alabama in the last few weeks. If Alabama's at full strength, Alabama, and I'm not making excuses for Alabama, but I think if you put full strength up on each side, Alabama was the better team, and you saw that in the SEC championship. But this, and Rob, we talked about it last week, you know, shades of 2011 with how hard it is to beat somebody twice. Yeah, that's exactly So this is one that, that, you know, the injury there, you saw guys that had only like six targets being featured receivers for Alabama in the national championship game against a Georgia defense that is swarming and is as fast as any in the country. If you put Alabama, it's the Colt McCoy argument. You know, Colt McCoy doesn't go down in 09. What happens in that game? If Jamison Williams doesn't go down, what happens in this one? It's a totally different uh offensive philosophy it's a totally different outlook for Alabama and I think that the result definitely if Mechie and Williams were still in there that game's different 
Yeah, well, so that's a point well taken. Um, but I think it actually leads into something else that, to me, was another thing that was exciting about this game and just this playoff and really just bowl season in general to me, which is uh, I think the big storylines from this season are NIL and the transfer portal. And what we saw here is we see three new teams in the playoff in Michigan, Georgia, Cincinnati, and we see Georgia beat Alabama. We see a new playoff champion. Um, Georgia was there obviously in 2017, but, uh, but they didn't win that one. And so I think, I think to me, the thing that I'm most excited about now that we move past this season and look into, to where is college football heading is I think I'm really excited to see what NIL and the transfer portal do. And so the reason how I'll relate this back to what you're talking about is I think in past years when that, that those injuries happen or people aren't playing, Alabama is so much deeper than everybody that it doesn't seem to affect them. And what we see here is this year, maybe it did. Um, and I think that we're going to see that continuing because guys, when they can get money somewhere else, when they can easily switch schools, if they're not the starter, Alabama can't build that third, fourth layer of depth that matters so much in this particular game. And so to me, that's something that uh, is a part of the game. So I do still think the best team won. That's just injuries happen. You have to be prepared for it. And I also think it's something that I'm really excited for looking at a college football moving into the next five, 10 years. I think that's a good point, Bo. I'm kind of in agreement with you, but I'm just very glad that Rustin is not on with us this week because I think he would be throwing a fit. I got a, yeah. Alex and I got a text from Rustin, uh, I think you know, a few days before the national championship, and he was just going off on NIL. And on NIL. I'm like, we've made it like not even three months since this like became like a thing, really. Like, Burn it to the ground. And it's like, it's, I think it's we dark. need we need to schedule an off season. Uh, debate episode to just debate NIL and the transfer portal. I think that's going to be uh, the the week after the week after the Super Bowl. We Perfect. can do that God, and, we can and just, just we can just lock let Bo and Rust and go. We're just going to put the two of them. Oh, I'm just going to sit back and drink and laugh. Oh yeah, that's that going to be like hardball or something. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, yeah, look forward to that episode. That there's going to be I'll a lot. I'll start of, working on my brief. There's going to be a lot of words exchanged in in that one. <laughs> well, we get we get a few championships in the state of Georgia. Now Georgia obviously brings it home. The Braves won the World Series. Now I guess well we know it's not going to be the Falcons that are going to do anything anytime soon. So I guess the Hawks have got to climb back into the playoff picture. There. A uh, few games out. They're like two games out of the playoffs right now. They're behind the they Knicks. They suck. Yeah, they do suck. But maybe they can make a run and make it uh, three championships in Georgia within the span of a calendar or within the span of 365 days. Uh, yeah, the Falcons definitely aren't going to do it. Maybe they can get the fl- uh, the Thrashers back really quick and make a run for it. But aren't they in Winnipeg? Yeah, they're the Jets now. Like so if Winnipeg better. wins, then it's... Georgia by proxy. Yeah, we're counting it as Atlanta. I think we're trying to keep it. We're trying to keep it pretty short this week, so I think that's all we're going to talk about on college right now. We are going to. We'll get to the transfer portal. We'll get to NIL. 
Uh, maybe one last thing before we go. Something that I learned about Stetson Bennett since uh, we're on the Stetson Bennett train now, apparently. It was a cool interview. He seems like a cool guy. Seems like a very SEC name, Stetson Bennett the fourth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very appropriate. Grew up going to Georgia games. No, it wouldn't fit. Uh, I did see something this week that he tried to make himself stand out at uh, high school camps by wearing a postal service hat, like the old school, like faded blue USPS hats, so that he would stand out to coaches more. And they called him the mailman. I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. And like, there just been these pictures floating around of him, just in like you know those like camp, not like Elite Eleven, but all those like camp like Under Armour or Nike, just like the athletic shirts that they give you to work out in. And then he's just some goofy-looking high school kid standing there with a USPS hat on, like the old-school faded blue. I thought that was pretty cool. That's a solid look for a football camp. And I think you're only going to pull that off if you have a name like Stetson Bennett the fourth. That is awesome. SEC move. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That guy gets a bid on bid day. I'll tell you that. Will he ever oh, pay yeah. for a meal in Athens, Georgia again? Probably not in the state of Georgia. They're yeah, he, he's going to drink for free for the rest of his life in Athens. He might be the next governor. It's probably good because I don't think he's going to be a big NFL quarterback. So no, he should just were, run for office. There were people but, saying yeah, that he, he was going to end up working at like H&R Block after his career. Like if this didn't really work out, like he would be not as bad as who, who was a Brandon Cox who sold like tile or carpet yeah, or maybe carpet and tile. Maybe double down. He did. He did. Yeah. Those usually will go together, but uh, he's, I will say that I will speak in the Georgia house. Like the, probably the best thing I saw all weekend was, uh, or on Monday after this, it shows that the sport was trending towards, you have to have a five-star dual threat, like, generational talent uh, quarterback to win a national championship. And then, you know, it's, it just shows – I guess it goes to show you that you don't actually need all that. You just need a great team around you and maybe a little bit of luck. So, Defense wins championships. Yeah, two-star walk-on quarterback winning a national championship. I mean, I mean this is like I'll having be- John Parker Wilson or Greg McElroy. I maybe wouldn't say A.J. McCarron because A.J. McCarron at least made it a little bit in the NFL, but it's kind of like having those Bama game managers that they had. How do you feel if you're J.T. Daniels right now? Oof. So what happened with him, though? Is, is that rumor about him, you know, Whatever him being hurt and his doctors overruling Kirby Smart, or is he just not that good? He might just not be that good. He's look. Let's look forward to next year. He's in a quarterback battle. You know, because it's not he is anointed the starter next year. Now that Stetson's gone, so you're going to see the real JT very quickly, and it's going to happen in the spring game. You know, that it's crazy to think, but that's the reality of big time college football is, you know, you get through, you just won the national championship. Now you're looking at, okay, who's a starter coming out of spring? You know, what is next year going to look like? And I, it's going to be this off season uh, that's make or break for him. And I don't, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibilities that he transfers. They were saying Brock Vandergroen. Hmm is going to transfer to Auburn. 
but you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, never, I just read some on the message boards that were saying him. They have Auburn has a better chance of getting Vandergriff than. Well, after we just ended up with Zach Calzada, so the there was a thing going around the internet, you know, like the transitive property of the transfer portal with SEC quarterbacks going to different schools. Like this one transferred because of this one because he lost a job. Then he beat Bama. Then this one goes to here, and that one lost. And then Max Johnson goes back to A&M to replace Zach Calzada, who it's it's absolutely insane. It's Well, Calzada transferred because he was third string. Like, King broke his foot in the Colorado game. And then with the transfer portal being the way it is, almost all the second string guys will transfer. So it's he ended up being machine. It was just musical was chairs off of, in the SEC with yeah. quarterbacks, especially yeah. you know, over in the West. Brock Vandergriff, what a name to rival Stetson Bennett the fourth. Yeah. Like if we could have back to back years of just I don't know where, 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 where does Daniel go if he doesn't win though. Are you just gonna go to like some G five program if he's not that good? Because he's like glass bones man. He's almost as bad as two Tagovailoa is. I mean that guy was hurt like every third game or some shit. Let's not slander Tua over here. Uh, yeah. uh, I know Dolphins fans don't even like him, so whatever. It's not. He had a seven game win streak. Okay, that's a yeah, that is a great transition yeah, into what we need segment. to get uh, into what we need to be talking about, and it's the NFL. And before we get into the playoff picture, let's just talk about what is, what do they call it? Is it Black Monday? Black Monday. Yeah, Black Monday happens every year, where after the last regular season games, after that Sunday night game to end the regular season, everything is just. Like, fair game, coaches are just fired left and right on that Monday. And we got a surprise in it with the Dolphins firing Brian Flores, along with the Vikings firing Mike Zimmer. It took an extra day. The Giants fired Joe Judge. Um, Matt Nagy is out in Chicago. Brian Flores, first one to be booked for an interview in Chicago after that, which he will be the steal of this, you know, coaching carousel offseason, whatever you want to call it in the NFL. Whoever gets Brian Flores, they're getting a good coach right there. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else was fired? Vic Fangio in Denver. Vic Fangio in Denver was fired before Black Friday. Joe Judge. We had Joe Judge. Joe Judge with the extra day, and then Jacksonville with their opening. Uh, you know, you've got one, two, three, four, what six. Uh, teams, including uh, you know Chicago and Minnesota and New York, who are Seven all if you include Vegas. Well, I don't think Rich Pisacci is out of a job. I the way he kept this team together because we pronounced them just completely done. The way he kept this team, he auditioned for a job, and to me, he won it. Uh, I I would not get rid of Rich Pisacci based on what he has accomplished here. Um, but you're looking at three marquee program or, you know, franchises in Chicago, Minnesota, and the Giants, all looking for head coach and GM at the same time. Now, you could argue that Miami should be looking for a head coach and a GM at the same time. Hmm. And they should just be looking for a GM. I think that's probably 
more accurate. And when it came out, and this is something that has just bugged me so much about the last few times that the Dolphins have hired and fired a coach, is every time that the coach is on the way out, a press release leaks, and there's this article that just bashes, bashes a coach. Oh, they were a bad guy. They didn't problem was with the coach. But everybody who we're keeping, oh yeah, they know what they're doing. Just don't worry about it. We're good. Hey, who had and the we lost Alex. Who had the mark <laughs> that I actually meant to ask this at the <laughs> beginning of the show. I was gonna say just over under. I probably would have put it at thirty <laughs> minutes. He dropped off at twenty eight and a half, so Oh, uh, so I'll finish his thought for him because I think we all know what he was saying. You know, this statement or an article will come out, bashes the head coach. You know, everyone on the team clearly was doing something right. We saw that come out with Brian Flores and all sorts of stuff. Who knows what the deal is, especially with like that Deshaun Watson saga. Now everyone's kind of pointing fingers. Brian Flores really hadn't said anything, but the owner's pointing the finger at the coach. Everyone was previously pointing fingers at the owner who wanted like who wanted Deshaun Watson. Are we firing a coach because he wanted this guy who's uh, maybe like a, classified as a sexual predator? You don't want to be labeled as that guy, so of course you're going to try to pin it off on somebody, especially when you have the ability to fire him. Yeah, it might be smart to point it on that guy, but who knows what the real story is. It sucks. I don't think Brian Flores should be fired. I don't think Brian Flores was the driving force behind wanting to get Deshaun Watson. But it's over now. The Dolphins will be irrelevant for quite a bit after coming back and getting a winning season two years in a row. Three winning seasons in Brian Flores's two winning seasons in his three-year tenure with the Dolphins. Sad to see him go from a personal standpoint, at least in my mind. I thought he was a good coach. Everyone else, I've... This is going to be interesting to see where some of these guys fill in. I heard the Dolphins were asking for permission to interview Dan Quinn, formerly of Atlanta Falcons fame. I think Dan Please Quinn. No. I think Dan Quinn <laughs> turned down the opportunity even to interview for the Jags job. I think he flat out told him no when they asked call. to uh, for permission to interview him. I think he just flat out said no. Uh, Joe Judge did not surprise me at all. Mike Zimmer did a little bit. Nagy did not. Um, Alex, I think you're right with the guy out in Oakland. I cannot say his last name. Sashia. And what a what a way to get into the playoffs for. Oh, I think I said Oakland, but I mean uh, Vegas. Vegas. What a way for them to get into the playoffs as well. Also, you want to talk about a coach. You want to talk about a coach who should have been fired? It should have been Staley. Yeah. But that mm. dumbass, I've never seen anything like that. What a wild game. I, I was actually out um, to watch the Dolphins game this past weekend, and a graphic came up, and it was talking about uh, after the Steelers game ended that the Steelers would make it into the playoffs like if as long as the game, the Sunday night game, Chargers-Raiders didn't end in a tie. And you saw how excited Mike Tomlin was in the press conference after the game. A guy who usually doesn't show like a lot of emotion, but he was pretty happy. He says that he went to sleep and actually didn't see the end of the uh, Chargers Raiders game. And you know, what a relief if that's actually true that he did. Because I was sitting in the bar and I was talking to some people, and I'm like, "Oh, 
like final game of the NF like of the NFL regular season, the Sunday night game. All you have to do is bet on not a tie, and you get in. I was like, yeah, there's no way that's gonna happen. And then it came quite close to it being a tie, and I was sitting there like, ooh, like didn't want to jinx them. I I kind it of should have been one. I would have rather seen both the Raiders and the Chargers get in over the Steelers, but I mean, in no way. By the end of that game, in no way should the Chargers have been in the playoffs. Like, I like Herbert, but they deserve to lose that after, you know, a lot that happened in that game, Alex. Yeah, no, they absolutely did deserve to lose that game. Um, And it falls on the head coach squarely. Uh, You know, you look, there are two quarterbacks in the league that threw 5,000 yards a season. One was Tom Brady. The other one was Justin Herbert. He has done everything, and this team did everything to put themselves in position to win, and Staley just decided to trust the analytics, you know, and go for it. it just tie the damn game and you're in the playoffs. Don't overthink this. <laughs> just go. It, it, I, it, I've never seen anybody have that kind of implosion on a coaching level. And, you know, maybe the Marshawn Lynch decision where you know, run the ball from inside the two. That's basically what we're talking about in level of boneheadedness in a call. And you're not so, going to blame the Raiders it, on it at all. No, like, you're not going to blame like, If I'm them, like they're in no way in the NFL I'm, am I going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm fine with tying this game if I have the opportunity to win it right there. No, you're well, absolutely going to win the game. And the and the Raiders now they get to play the Bengals instead of the Chiefs. So like the Raiders have a real incentive to win this thing. Um, yeah, I, I would. I, I think that's an interesting analogy to Carroll and the Marshawn Lynch thing. Like I think I think it's way worse than that. I do too. Uh, watching Herbert like like this is a guy that belongs in the playoffs. Watching that that was it eighteen or nineteen plays in that final drive in the fourth quarter in less than two minutes. That was one of the most impressive drives I've ever seen from a quarterback. I think he had four fourth down conversions. All of them were like 10 plus yards. This is a guy who belongs in the playoffs and he's going to make it back. I really hope that, that this coach doesn't hold him back from that in the future. I have to imagine that he can at least like learn from this because they were just like stupid decisions. It wasn't necessarily. It wasn't necessarily like bad uh, leadership. It was just poor decision making, and you can at least learn from that. But at the NFL level, it's a little too late to be learning those lessons as an NFL head coach trying to make the playoffs in Week 18. Man, so. you brought up you brought up the Marshawn Lynch comparison, and just a little off topic, but something that I would be very excited for. The Manning cast has set the tone, and of course someone comes up with a good idea for once it's ESPN, and then you know everyone's going to try to run with it. They're trying to do it for baseball, and they were going to give Alex Rodriguez a show, like a Manning cast, which I think is a terrible idea. Like, no, you know, I love it. No, I, I do not want to. Like, I already have to watch A-Rod on like, Sunday Night Baseball anyway. Like, Don't give him his own thing, like analytics of it's baseball. It's going to be great. It be Maddox and Smoltz. Oh, that would be yeah. That would be oh, cool. that'd be awesome. That's, but, that's the pairing. But Amazon, who has the rights to a few Thursday games in the future, eyeing Marshawn Lynch for his own studio show. 
which there's no way that could be on cable. But if you put that on like a streaming service, like a, that's like X rated right there. I would watch that. Be smoking blunts and eating Skittles. Man, Thursday to me is like the most fun night of the week too, because you're not even you're not going to do anything at work like on Friday usually, or at least try not to. Man, I could see going out to a bar and just having like having some beers and having Marshawn Lynch talk over just the bar like speaker system. That would be like the most fun night out you're going to have of the week. Like that would be pretty cool. I think. I I think I think the Mannings had Snoop Dogg at one point. They did. As an interview, could you just have him as the permanent co-host to Marshawn? Yeah, they had Marshawn Lynch. They had Marshawn Lynch on early in the season too, and he said shit. Yes, he did. He he did. I think he was actually a little apologetic. He caught himself after after he said it, but he was like, "Ooh," afterwards. So uh, I don't know. I think it would be a great idea to have Marshawn Lynch. Let's stay away from a Rod for baseball, but Marshawn Lynch having his own Manning cast. The guess on that would be absolutely wild. I, I guarantee you he would have Eli on in, like, the opposite role where Eli's the interviewee, and I bet he could just say whatever he wanted. That would be that would be a fun time. I I mean, so that the Manning cast, like, I love watching the Manning cast because I think they, they, I've learned so much. It's like, it's like, it's like going to a class. It's like a master class on football. The interviews were like a lot of them were kind of lacking to me. I think this would be the opposite. I, I, you probably get more as much of the masterclass actually, but the interviews would be stellar. I could see that guy being a great interviewer. The analytics, the analysis might drop off a little bit in my mind, <laughs> but the interviews, you're right, would be 100% better. And if he can keep it up on the analysis too, that would be. That would be awesome, but you're right. You you learn so much from the Manicast. I never want to watch a Monday night football game any other way. And they're actually doing they're doing a playoff game, I believe. So we get oh, do they have the Monday night Arizona Rams game? They do. Which okay, why is there a Monday night wild card game? Super wild card weekend though. I hate that. It's like uh, it's like Toyota Thon. Yeah. I hate that. Now, whoever wins ends up on a short rest going into their next round game. The NFL playoffs should be on a Sunday. It's just the period. It's the NFC West play like playing game when actually the third, the third worst team and the third NFC West to get in to the uh, to get into the NFC side of the bracket, they get the full they get the full week rest, and then you get the top two seeds in the toughest division in football playing on Monday night in the playoffs. It's outrageous. Let's talk one more team that did not make the playoffs. And while I go get a new drink, I'm going to let Alex and Bo and Matt talk about this one. What an implosion. The Colts have to win to get in. That's all you have to do. Like If you set that up at the beginning of the year, just a conversation where it's like it's going to come down to the last week of the year, you're the Colts, and all you have to do is beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. At the beginning of the year, if you said like that you had to predict the records of those teams going in, I think you could come pretty close to it. And the Jags absolutely smoked the Colts. I heard that Hard Knocks, the film crew, got the postgame in the Colts locker room. I don't know if that footage is out yet, but I'm very interested to see what was said in that locker room after the game. Just 
I mean, that's the biggest meltdown of the year. Frank Reich said, uh, you know, I guess it just wasn't our year. Wasn't your year. (laughs) Wasn't your year. You had a chance at the playoffs, and you had to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. But this bow seems to be their kryptonite. Because what they've lost, I think it's seven straight t- seven straight trips to Duval County. They have not come out with a W. They have not won there since I think it was 2015, 2014, somewhere around then. This uh, they lost week one last year, and that was the Jaguars' only win. They lose again to get knocked out of the playoffs. I. This is, I, I, I don't even know how to describe this as one team just getting sniped by another one consistently, other than maybe the Patriots with the Dolphins, just consistently losing at least once a year. I, I, this, though, as well as Jonathan Taylor had been playing, as efficient as Carson Wentz had been when he wasn't throwing the ball to the other team, I, I just... Yikes! It's this is <laughs> if you're if you're a Colts fan, this is nightmare fuel for the future. Yeah, no, I I like the I like yikes as our descriptive word for this for this whole catastrophe that is the Colts at this exact moment. To me, though, there's there's two words that that really is like the beginning and the end of this whole thing for me with the Colts. And it's Carson Wentz. Like, the guy is just a loser. He's just a loser. This guy was on pace to be the MVP of the league before he broke his back or something. Yeah. But he's, this is who he is now. And I'm finally, it's, to me, we're finally getting to where people are like, well, maybe he's not the guy. Like, the I saw I saw there was some ESPN personality I don't know who it was does like a power ranking every week of NFL quarterbacks and they had Carson Wentz up at like twenty entering into this week eighteen coming out of the week I think they had him ranked thirty third of not NFL even a starting quarterback <laughs> at the, thirty two starting quarterbacks exactly exactly and so to me it's just like. The guy, yeah, in in those meaningless, not meaningless, no NFL games, meaningless, but like midseason, yeah, the guy's clearly got talent, but the guy is brittle, and the guy cannot seem to get it done when it matters. Um, the one Super Bowl that he's a part of, he's not the guy who took him through the playoffs, and I I am of the opinion that that made all the difference in that case. Now, of course, everybody will tell me I'm wrong, and that's crazy. I just don't think he's the guy. I don't think he's the answer. I don't know where you go from here. This is a weak quarterback class. There's a few like free agents out there. They're going to stick around with him. Um, but I don't think the Colts get anywhere as long as he's the quarterback to me. At least don't get to where they're trying to get. Well, they traded their first-round pick for him. So... Yeah, you because know, he did start more than seventy-five percent of snaps. Yeah, yeah. 
So let's just put that into the well. Also, that Philadelphia is getting back-to-back picks with the Dolphins and the Colts. And then another one later in the first. And then their own. So they're looking at three firsts. You've got to think, you know, they obviously wanted Dolphins and Colts to be four or five win teams, and they weren't, and they're going to pick in the late teams. But you have all the leverage in the world now to move up if you found a guy. And you still have your own pick late in the first, you know, in the first round. So you can go after somebody in the secondary. You can draft a replacement for Fletcher Cox, who's getting old. You're starting to look at where Philadelphia is. And this is kind of a good segue as well. Philadelphia is going to Tampa this week. And that to me is not just cut and dry that Tampa's going to win this. I think that of there are two teams on the lower side of the bracket that I really don't want to play if I'm in the NFC, and that's Philly and that's San Francisco. Why? It's because they can both run the football as well as anybody in the NFL. I think that the more likely upset, Bo, is probably going to be San Francisco over Dallas. But Philly, if they can run the ball and keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands, that's not a shoo-in. I would agree with that. I, I went to the Tampa Bay-Philly game this year, um, and so I definitely I watched Tampa Bay basically just railroad Philadelphia for four quarters. Um, so I know that that's the most likely outcome there. And, and so I ultimately would agree with you that San Francisco is probably the more likely one there, just based on the opponent. But I agree. The ability to run the ball at this part of the year in January is so important. And this is where guys like Jalen Hurts, who I maybe it's a weak argument, the guy's a winner. Carson, where for, for every bit that, that Wentz is a loser, Jalen Hurts is a winner. He's won everywhere he's been. He just makes things happen. He makes special plays. Um, that that Tampa Bay team is playing without many of their stars that they had throughout most of the year. It's a very different wide receiver core than when they played Philadelphia earlier in the year. R.I.P. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah. So I agree. We have like an entire episode about. I think we lost Alex again. He made it. Yeah, I think we did. Too. He made it like another eighteen minutes from his <laughs> from his first drop. We had like an entire episode earlier this season about <laughs> Jalen Hurts as a rusher and how good he was in leading uh, leading the Eagles at that point in the year. Coming into this game, uh, Jalen Hurts is almost the top rusher. He's like thirty eight yards behind Leonard Fournette in just leading. Mm-hmm both of these teams in rushing. He has more rushing touchdowns than Leonard Fournette this year, too. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts has 10. So, Yeah. And, and yeah, and Leonard, I, I'm glad you bring up, like, Leonard Fournette. Like, that Tampa Bay offense is a good running offense, but it's, I think, to Alex's point, very different rushing offense because... Absolutely. Yeah, like like Philadelphia, it's all about running that option, and they do a lot of read options with Hertz, and uh, they can make space for themselves in a lot of different ways. 
Tampa Bay, it's all about that passing attack generating, I think, holes for the rushing attack. And so when those wide receivers are gone, I don't think the rushing attack is the same anymore. But yeah, I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, excited mm-hmm. to watch it a little bit more. I, I know that's not how the seating works, but it's just you know a shame in the back of my mind that they didn't have the Eagles and the Cowboys play. Since we're having an yeah. NFC West matchup, how did we not get an NFC East matchup since they were just required to play each other every week of the year? And in any type of prime time or Monday night game or Thursday night game, any time where you're pretty much restricted into watching one game, you're going to end up watching the NFC East because they only play each other. And for some reason, America <laughs> likes to watch them. But let's get into picks. Let's get out of here pretty soon. We get five, six playoff games this weekend and going into Monday. Alex, do we have you back? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, welcome back, man. Uh, welcome back. Joining us for the third time today, Alex is back. <laughs> so let's get into Have picks. Have a beer, guys. Uh, let's go just in chronological order. So we'll start on Saturday afternoon, 4.30 Eastern. We get the Raiders at the Bengals. Like we said earlier, Raiders get into the playoffs by beating the Chargers in a wild overtime game to end the regular season, what a way to do it. Last, like literal last game of the regular season played uh, for anybody, and they sneak in on Sunday night. They match up with the Bengals in Cincinnati. It is a five-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the Bengals. It's going to be 27 degrees predicted at kickoff. I'm going to ride Joe Burrow and the former LSU Tigers and take Cincinnati, I I don't even want to take the spread on it, um, but give me the Bengals over the Raiders. I'm just taking straight picks. I was going to say, are we, are we taking, taking money line or I'm spread? just taking money line, straight picks this week. All right. Give me, give me a, uh, Vegas. Yeah. I, I, I like Vegas. I think I think they've got a great team. I like this coach a lot. We've talked about him a little bit already. I think they play with a lot of heart. I think they've won a lot of close games this year. Uh, Cincinnati's got a lot of talent, but I think Vegas is just riding too much momentum coming in, and they find a way to get it done. I think it'll be really, really close, but I think they find a way. I think Cincy is dangerous. I think that offense might be the most dangerous in the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Matt? I'm going to go with the Bengals, too. Yeah, I think Bengals right, is a Three good. for Joe Burrow, one for Carr. You all have no creativity. I've been watching Joe Burrow play at the end of this year, and I would not want to go up against Joe Burrow or those receivers, especially when you get to play Cincinnati, when you have to play Cincinnati at Cincinnati. That's... I, I think the Bengals got them there. Let's go to the late game, eight fifteen Eastern. I think this will play into a dumb question coming up in just a little bit, but Patriots at Bills going to be about zero degrees at kickoff. We've seen New England already play in a blizzard this year where they ran the ball, I think, like 50-something times, and they were able to pull out a win. Josh Allen, out of qualifying quarterbacks in, like, blizzard or, like, that cold outdoor conditions, is ranked, like, 40 out of 41. 
total <laughs> over like the last like I'll have to pull up the stat in the last many many years for playoff. That's good for a Buffalo quarterback. Yeah, Josh Allen does not play great outside in the cold. He went to Wyoming in the elements. Just not a great snow type quarterback. <laughs> so I don't know that that tempts me so hard to take the Pats. It really, really does. Buffalo four point favorites over under forty four. I might take the under on that if anything at that previous game for New England holds true. Ah. I I just don't think in the playoffs, I don't think Mac Jones is going to be able to pull it off in his first career playoff game after coming off a season sweep by the Miami Dolphins. First time the Dolphins have swept the Patriots since Bill Belichick's first year in New England, which I think was 2000. So 21 mm-hmm. years that uh, that streak finally busted. And, yeah, give me the Bills. I if Josh Allen has to play like an AFC championship game in a blizzard, I'll probably take whoever they're playing. But in this first round game, give me give me the Buffalo Bills. Circle the wagons, light some tables on fire. It's zero degrees. Bills Mafia. Hope they're out there. You know, you know they they'll be out there. You know they will be. You know they'll be out there. Yeah, it's so hard for me to pick against Buffalo in Buffalo but you're kind of talking me into the New England pick with all your stats, Rob. So I'm going to go ahead and do it because I also like Mac Jones. So give me give me New England. I was right there in being talked into it. So I, I was almost there, just like you. <laughs> but then I remember that Mac Jones is from Jacksonville. So I'm going to go with Buffalo it low scoring terrible game but give me the bills I'm going to take the Patriots yeah good pick so were we were we split on that one or was that yeah split on that one okay I'll try to find that set. I think it was Mina Kimes was talking about it earlier and I love they ran the ball I think 56 times yeah, it was right up yeah. there. three. Okay, first game on Sunday, Eagles, Bucks. Bo, you got to go to the first version of this, like you said earlier this year. What was the? That was a pretty close game, wasn't it? Yeah, the final number. Yeah, it was. Uh, they went for two when they scored a touchdown, down fourteen, and they ended up losing by six. Uh, it was spread they, was six and a half. Trust me, I yeah. remember. <laughs> The score was a lot closer than than the game actually was, but as we, I, I've managed to talk myself into this one with uh, it being cold. It's this was the coldest week in three years in Philadelphia. This week, uh, it's going to be cold. Well, it's, it's going to be in Tampa Bay, so I guess none of that matters. But we're getting into January. It's running weather. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers, we don't have any of the same guys from that game. I think Philadelphia finds a way only because I want them to find a way, not because I think they actually can. Yeah, 60, 67 degrees predicted at kickoff. I, yeah, that that's might, not very cool. Uh, that might be that might be good football <laughs> weather. I don't know. Yeah. Tampa Bay that's passing weather. Tampa Bay favored by eight and a half. And the over under is forty six. I know we weren't taking spreads or over unders, but I might take Philly to cover. I think 
I think the Bucks slam Philly to cover. Yeah, Philly to cover, but I think the Bucks win, and I think part of it. Well, one, my outrageous you know thoughts on this, but actually will influence me. I hate the NFC East. I will take any opportunity I can to pick against them to win. But I also think that the football gods, the powers that be, must have had some type of influence in that, um, like in that Chargers Raiders game to get the Steelers into the playoffs for to get Ben Roethlisberger in there one more time. So I don't think the powers up in the booth, up in Roger Goodell's office, up in wherever that football is decided, I don't think that they're going to let Tom Brady get knocked out in the first round. I'll agree with that. Uh, as much as I think that this is a potential upset, I think the big word is potential. Tampa's a smart pick here, but I agree. I think it's closer than eight and a half. Um, yeah. No, just give me Tampa. Why, Eagle? Why? Matt? Uh, I'm going to take Tampa on that one. Yeah. Again, lacking creativity. I think that's a solid pick. Uh, real quick, right back to the Pats-Bills game. Tickets are as low as $28 if anyone wants to go. Bro, that can't be too far for you. For a playoff game, Twenty-eight less than 30 bucks. <laughs> you could be there. I could drive, probably. Yeah? Hey, we're not stopping you. You do a live report if your hands don't freeze off. Just cover yourself in Vaseline so your skin don't peel off. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, and a... In a dome? Is this the only game in a dome? Uh, no, the Rams game on Monday will be in a dome. Uh, but the 49ers at the Cowboys in Jerry World. Dallas favored by three over under 51. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one. The Cowboys cursed. We've already seen Georgia teams do it this year. Dallas Cowboys are not going to go that far in the playoffs. Give me Dallas. I think Dallas is a lot better than this San Francisco team, personally. See, this to me screams upset city. I'm I'm going with San Francisco. I, I can't pick all chalk here. That would be no fun, and it won't happen either. Now, so. now y'all get creative. <laughs> Got to flip the bracket, man. Come on, Dak is going to crush them. Matt, what do you got? I'm going to take Dallas in this one. Yes. Yes, there you go. Good pick. Alex, who did you take? He took San Francisco. Okay. All right, the night game on Sunday night. Steelers at Chiefs. This was uh, how they got screwed over in the matchup, having to play the Chiefs after the – oh, with the Vegas and Chargers game. Now the Steelers match up with the Chiefs. In the first round, Kansas City favored by 12 and a half, 46 and a half over under, predicted to be 26 degrees around kickoff. I think it was a great story to get Big Ben. Well, I don't think it was a great story. I'm not really a Big Ben fan, but people are making it out to be, you know, a big story, a good story to see him get one more game. I think that's what it is exactly. I think Big Ben gets one more game. And as much as I am not a fan of the Chiefs this year, and especially whatever Patrick Mahomes' brother is and whatever he does on the sideline and desecrating memorials, sadly, I think the Chiefs come in and beat 
the Pittsburgh Steelers at home. I don't think the Chiefs make the Super Bowl this year, but I think they beat the Steelers. I completely agree with that. Chiefs don't make the Super Bowl. The Titans make the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs do make it out of the first round. Yeah, Chiefs make it out here. And if you heard Big Ben's presser, it was one of the funniest things he's ever done. He's like, you know, we're we're probably the 14th best playoff team. Uh, we're we're not really good. We're just, you know, what we're just going to go out and have fun here. You know, it, part of it is, you know, ribbing your team to come on. Part of it is, you know, that motivation. But a lot of that is self awareness, and that is going to be what we see here. Uh, Chiefs. I don't know if they cover, but they're getting through. So you're saying Big Ben just knew it, and he's like, uh, I could have gone without this game. I know what's going to happen. Well, no, but hey, it's it's his swan song. He, he made the playoffs in his last year. That is still saying something. How many playoff seasons did you have? He had one. Mm-hmm. Matthew, are you a Big Ben believer? Shit, no. <laughs> I'm going to take the Chiefs in this one. All right. All right. Emphatic no. We get we get consensus there. So, all right, last game, Manning cast night, Monday night, Martin Luther King Day. So every, a lot of people are going to be off. I know I'm off. Um, that doesn't really help that it's an 8-15 Eastern kick. Man, I hate I hate late kicks. Like that yeah. national championship it's game. Like, that's why I was struggling to stay up and, like, I love SEC football. I love all SEC national championships, but man, that was hard for me to stay up during. So I'm definitely not going to make it all through this. Maybe maybe Eli and Peyton can can will me to stay up that late. But we get Cardinals at Rams, and maybe like the most unfortunate game of the first round because I mean these two teams are good. The Cardinals had a very rough end, well, second half of the year, but they balanced it out. They ended up. At eleven and six, they're eight and one on the road. There's something to be said about that. They played the Rams twice already. We say that it's hard to beat a team twice. It is hard to play any team three times in a year. Uh, we see it was hard for the Colts, obviously, to play the Jags twice. So, who knows what will happen in this one? Rams favored by four at home, over under forty nine and a half, and that is in a dome. So weather, hopefully, will not play any effect into that, although I have seen a baseball game impacted by weather in a dome, so who knows? Something could happen, but Rams favored by four with the way that the Cardinals ended the year. I think I'm going to go with Matt Stafford and the Rams. I've been big on Matt Stafford all year, that it is just a complete career turnaround late in his career where he actually gets to go to L.A., and move out of Detroit. Right now, I don't know which one I would rather live in, to be honest, but I think he might be living it up a little bit better in L.A., and I think this is the opportunity for Matt Stafford to really make a run in the playoffs for the one time in his career. I think the Rams might fall apart after this year. I don't know if they have any players after this year or draft picks, but give me the Rams this year over the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, this is, I think at the start of the year, we talked about this as being the best division, and it clearly was. Um, so this will be a really fun matchup. Uh, it's so hard to pick against one of these teams. I think they're both so good. And I do like Stafford a lot. 
but I ultimately think that once you get to playoff time Monday night, and I hate their plan on Monday night, Kyler's skill set of just being able to like create plays out of nowhere becomes so unbelievably value valuable. Um, and they don't have all the weather and stuff going on. So I'm ultimately going Arizona. Oh, I can't believe this, but I'm actually agreeing with you. Oh, finally. <laughs> I, I think we picked against each other almost every single game. Uh, but this to me, J.J. Watts coming back. You have an Arizona team who is masterful on the road and can't win at home. So the best thing that could have happened to them was to play this game in Los Angeles. Matthew Stafford, I don't think, has ever won a playoff game in his entire career. So, you know what? It, part of that is not just Troy. Part of it might be Matthew Stafford because you saw him in big-time games this year come up, just come up short. So I am going to take Arizona to win this game and get through Love it. Matt, finish I'm going to take the Rams. Was it Matthew Stafford was my fantasy quarterback, and he didn't, he didn't really let me down this year, so I don't think he's going to let me down now. So, I actually did all right in fantasy. I played fantasy for the first time ever. I, don't, I, don't, I only really normally watch uh, the NFL after college football season's over, so essentially the playoffs is when I ever really watch it. So when it gets like, good. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that bad in, in the league. I came in fifth out of eighth. I mean, I had injuries, like, terrible. But, I mean, Stafford always, he did really well for me this year. So, I think I'm going to ride with him. Stafford. There are so many things there. Did you say you came fifth out of eight? I did. I had injuries for most of the year. It was really bad. Man, top eight. So, Matthew Stafford did let you down. No, he didn't let me down. The other players let me down. I don't think he let anyone down. He threw for almost 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns. There might have been some other problems with your team. There was a point. there was a week where almost my entire team was injured, and I was just completely fucked. That it was like three weeks in a row almost. Welcome to fantasy time. football. Yeah, you need to good. add at least four people to that league. Yeah, that's what we're gonna oh, do yeah. next year. I think we had eight people. So I think we're gonna I'm do like in. twelve. So. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, this sounds like the right league for me. How much money can I make? Yeah, who do you have at starting free safety? Did y'all did y'all see that picture online where they had like a fantasy football trophy? Do you guys do that? Oh yeah. Oh, we have a traveling trophy in our league, so yes. Oh, speaking of that, and we have a traveling uh, last place trophy as well. So that is well, a broken toilet. I don't. I don't want to go too far off topic, but did you guys make the? What did y'all make the people do this year that lost? Like that came in last place. You mean you mean Rob? In, yeah. In, uh, in one league, I came in. I came in third in the Bo sponsored league, and Bo gave me my yep. entry feedback. So hey, thanks for that, man. That hey, and up. also congratulations on beating me. Yeah, I beat Alex Thank to get to yeah. third, and then uh, for the entry fee. Yeah. And then I absolutely died in the in the Dynasty League, in my first league, the Rustin-sponsored league. So I came in last, so the punishment for me has been undecided, but I think I know what it's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be Rob 24 hours in a Waffle House, and he is going to love every damn minute of it. Yeah, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. It sounds actually like, shit, Rob, you should lose every year. <laughs> damn. Yeah, I just get a vacation. Well, it's a Dynasty House. League, so... He's probably not on favorite to keep losing, right? Who do you have at quarterback? 
Aaron Rodgers. Davis Mills. Uh, Aaron uh, Rodgers. Arguable, arguable MVP, but I had nobody else. I have no running backs, so we got to work on that. But hey, All right. Yeah. Yeah, you got some good draft picks. I've seen the highs and the lows of fantasy football. Auburn Matt finished top eight. I don't know where Bo finished in his league, and Alex just avoided avoided punishment, so that's good for him. Okay. I was in the playoffs in both. I finished fourth. In both leagues, I lost. I did go undefeated in the playoffs. That's not bad. Pretty good. First off the podium, he said. Ooh. Well, <laughs> if if he calls that a good year, then we'll let him. We'll let him have that. Okay. All right. There's... Do you have a dumber question this week than who was a quarterback do. on your fantasy roster? Yeah, I, I actually do. So. As Rob alluded to, the playoff game in Buffalo has a projected high temperature of zero degrees. You are going to this game. You have a ticket. You are going to this game. What are you wearing? The short answer is a lot. (laughs) Solid. Definitely get like five hot hands and put them on all my appendages. That'd be pretty good. That's a good place to start, and then you just go from there. You already pointed out the Vaseline, Alex. Like you need a lot of that. You got to look like Tom Coughlin in yeah. that Green Bay game. <laughs> Maybe a better question would be: It's zero degrees, and you have to sneak. So you you're wearing? going to the game, and you have to sneak into it. What are you wearing? So you're like have to slide through the bars of like a side even more Vaseline, Vaseline, yeah, more Vaseline. <laughs> uh, uh, the only thing that I have this to reference to, and I think Bo, you said off air. You've been lucky enough to see a game at Lambeau. I've been lucky enough to see a game at Lambeau. But the game that I went to was the warmest game in recorded history in the month of November at Lambeau. And I saw the Packers beat Tony Robo and the Cowboys. So I can't even use that as an experience. The only experience I have in weather that cold, like I've done skiing and stuff, but it was never like zero degrees. I had my freshman year at Ole Miss... I had like an 8 a.m. history class, like one of those freshman blow-it-off classes. But at that point in my college career, I didn't really believe in not going to class. I learned that lesson really quick once I went to this class. But I think it was late January, early February. It was the very beginning of my second semester of college, and it was one degree outside. And I decided that I was going to make my 8 a.m. history class because it was the beginning of the semester. I wore sweatpants. Over over like flannel pajama pants, over thermal underwear, over actual underwear, and then like three. I mean, thermal uh, thermal undershirt, a long sleeve t shirt, a sweater, and then a coat over it. So how did you move? I looked like the kid in a Christmas story, the little brother. Where You're Ralphie the, can't move my arm. Yeah. No, not Ralphie. The the other yeah. one. Well, no, Ralphie. Randy. 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 Ralphie was the main character, the older one. The the little brother who like when Ralphie and all his friends would like run, he was always the one who would just like kind of shuffle behind, like wait, wait for me, and he couldn't move. Just looked like he was doing like an airplane in the snow all the time. I looked like yeah, him. Randy. So like Randy in Christmas Story, I guess. Long story short, that's how I would dress. 
I never went to a one degree class again. I'll tell you that. I, I have a decent amount of experience with this type of weather, actually having lived in Chicago for a couple of years through a polar vortex and the one Lambeau game I went to at halftime, they, they salted all of the ice throughout the stadium. And at halftime, the ice started melting back over the salt because it, it was colder than the, (laughs) so, so you couldn't even like get out of the, the section because your shoes were starting to freeze into the cement. Um, so I've done this before. And the first part is you just can't be warm. Like there's nothing you can ultimately do. But the second part is it's already been said, just lots and lots of layers. So you start with something thin and then something a little thicker and then something a little thicker and then something a little thicker. And you keep doing that about 15 times. And then you put a lot of heating packets in there. And I guess I'll just see what happens. But probably I'm just going to be cold. Face mask is a must. Like a uh, a full face shield. And you need some sort of goggle because that's where the frostbite's going to get you first. There's a lot of moisture in your eyes. Yeah, you don't want to end up looking like Tom Coughlin. Oh, yeah. That's right. Bo just looks like he's going, like, skiing and he just got back from like skin he just hit the slopes right. he knows he's, he's he's prepared you're definitely wearing a ski jacket see i was gonna go with either all animal pelts like, <laughs> I like or, it. or or actual <laughs> buffalo like just straight up like if those animals can live out there their skin that's definitely a good move <laughs> better like a Maybe a hollowed out walrus carcass. Of course. <laughs> like yeah, something like sure. something with blubber that could encapsulate me entirely. Um so I kinda look like Joe Namath on the sideline, just with walrus. Oh, if you're gonna look That's like Joe Namath. If you're gonna look like Joe Namath, you definitely need a cigarette. Like you need a pack Damn of, right, I do with zero a, degrees outside. You might need a car. I need the warm. My, my father was at the at the the what that Packers Super Bowl game way back in the day, the Ice Bowl. Wait, the Ice Bowl, the NFC championship against the, the Cowboys in I think it was sixty seven. Yeah, my grandfather was at that game and he said it was so it was so cold that that they couldn't get their cigarettes lit. So minus three was the yeah. kickoff, I think. That might yeah. be the saddest statement I've ever heard. It was too. It was so cold they couldn't light their cigarettes. <laughs> it was so cold that fire wouldn't work. Alex, right. Alex sounds over here like, what was the what was the caveman that they found in Europe? Otzi is that what Otzi Otzi the that they named him? The guy like the caveman that they found like perfectly frozen like two skiers found him in like was that like the 90s or early 2000s like perfectly like preserved he was probably wearing like some animal pelts and stuff like that i think alex is gonna wander out there and then find out the cruel reality of a central european caveman who was just taking a stroll like fell down a hill and froze to death in the stadium 
It's just going to be him falling down the stands and no one getting up. And I'm in section 102, just frozen to the bleacher. But no, if those animals can survive in that kind of environment, I am trusting their coats. I think at that temp, the water is warmer than the outside air. So much more... uh, I think that's one of the last things they say when you die of hypothermia is you feel warmer as you die. Alex is going to be feeling good. What about the walrus? This is giving a lot more case to the walrus husk. (laughs) They won't let anything outside of a clear bag in the stadium. Like, do you get like extra concessions, like in the bag policy to go into these stadiums during this? Better. They must. People Hang it die. in the snow. It'll freeze. They're just putting those yeah, Goodell bots. The Goodell bots are out there instead of the metal detecting people. It's also Buffalo. So how secure is security there? Well, half of them have already lit fires in the parking lot and jumped on them. So maybe right. they just have the scorched back to just toast them up before they go in. There's they still just use bleachers there, right? You sort of just wander up onto the bleachers. Like so. there's no, there's no like stadium infrastructure. It's just a really tall, tall bleacher. I think so. Your butt is going to freeze there if you don't wear the right pants. It's true. All right, Auburn, Matt. Uh, I mean, like I said before, I guess I would just wear hot hands. That's a good place to start, but. You just got to layer properly, I guess. You just wear, like, some good long johns and an undershirt. Just hot hands. <laughs> just just hot, hands. hot hands. <laughs> Your entire body surrounded. Honestly, like, what is it? I, I remember I, was, I saw a uh, – <laughs> the Penn State-Michigan State game was, like, a blizzard. And I was like, at that point, I just make a fucking fire in the stadium. It's so fucking cold. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how you would deal with that in some ways. But – for me personally, I'm I always like I'm the reverse of what you think somebody from the South would be like. I die in the summer and I do really well in the cold. So, I mean, you just wear some good long johns and some like real thick socks and put some boots on and then put like a nice you know crew neck on and then an overcoat on and then a good hat. As 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 both said, a face shield is good too. And if it gets like super cold, but. I guess it depends on if it's like really windy or not, right? If it's not that windy, it's not that bad. But if it's super windy, you're kind of fucked. So, Matt, I know you're a Michigan State guy, so I know that you know how to deal with cold. But everything you just said is verbatim. With these, I went to this Notre Dame game with these four guys from South Mississippi, and verbatim they said all the things you're saying. And one hour into that tailgate, it was a no like late November game. Just cold, cold, cold up in South Bend, Indiana. And about an hour into that tailgate, we had to take them to the Walmart and buy like every rack of warm weather gear that they were selling there. Because <laughs> they, they were so unprepared for it. So, well, definitely, if you just drink more, you don't feel it as much. Because I remember when I was up there for a basketball game, I walked outside and it was like, 32 and snowing and they said oh yeah that's warm for this time of year and i was like wow fuck but you know this, that's probably why people in wisconsin drink so so damn much is because it's so cold out there in the, in the winter time but, zero yeah. celsius and zero fahrenheit are two very different things yes they are 
Yeah. I was waiting on somebody to say, I'm going to wear a beer blanket, though. So that was good. Wear a Snuggie. <laughs> That'd be dope. I have, I have two quick, two very quick follow-up questions just for this. I think they will play into it. Uh, because what I realized in my experience, and like I guess I wasn't like too, too cold. Obviously, I was dressed up like a child whose mother was very concerned about them walking out into the cold, and I did that to myself in my experience in one degree weather, but would you, would you rather it be that cold and you have to sit in the cold for, let's say like three hours, or would you rather have to go into a heated building afterwards and struggle to take off all the layers that you have? Like when I had to go into a class and then sit there and then you have to take off all the stuff or you'll die of the heat inside. And then you have to put it back on to go back outside or would you rather just sit through and bear the three hours and then second question you're at the tailgate it is that cold you need to drink to stay warm what are you drinking i would probably say fireball hellcat maggie to fireball. the face hellcat maggie is a solid i'll that, take i'll take hellcat maggie to the face and then the first one it's the same dilemma of uh i read an article about people in like the northeast talking about should you wear the coat in like should you bring the coat to the bar even though the walk there isn't that bad and then just like sweat and then have to worry about losing it or you just like tough it up and once you get inside you're uh fine i definitely would do the first one where it's if i had to wear all that stuff to outside i'd rather do that than have to wear all that outside and then come inside and it'd be heating and just take it all off and probably lose it i'm definitely just allowing myself to overheat that's totally fine. I'd much rather do that than be cold. And fireball is the correct answer, Rob. I've seen a lot of people try to do like hot toddies and Irish coffees and things, but they get cold so fast. Like they lose their heat so fast that it just doesn't work. You need something strong with a little bit of like punch that you can consume very quickly. Especially when there was that bad batch a few years ago of Fireball where they actually had, like, the stuff that makes antifreeze in it. Like, literally has antifreeze yeah. in the name. Just put that straight into your body. Alex, I assume you, you know, would still I, just drink Wild Turkey. I was going with Wild Turkey 101. But then I, then he made a good point. That stuff was, in fact, antifreeze. <laughs> so, if it's the antifreeze batch of Fireball, I will drink that. Otherwise, Wild Turkey 101. You know, that's like really cold. I guess you'd get Bacardi 151, but that tastes like yeah, shit. Don't even. No. No way. You know, no, there's the one from guy Puerto out there. Rico and that doesn't freeze. You know, there's the one guy out there who refuses to drink anything other than like Budweiser and makes fun of all of his friends for drinking like all sorts of fancy beers, and he's just standing out there in the cold, refusing to drink anything else other than a cold Budweiser in a concrete parking lot full of ice for this game. And to that man, I say, hey, you didn't have to bring a cooler. Yeah, nothing better than a frosty beer when there is no temperature outside. Massive respect to that guy, but gotta take a screwdriver to break it up. You know he's there, Bo. We we talked a a week or two about the two guys who were Vikings fans who went to Lambo and weren't wearing shirts. So, I mean, those guys did it. I'm sure they questioned their lives in the middle of that game, but especially since they got absolutely absolutely destroyed. But they were out there. That was second to last week of the year. 
Hey, it was nine degrees at my graduation, and I went with short sleeves. So I rolled my sleeves up. Granted, I was very sick and had like a 103-degree fever, so I thought that was going to help. But, you know, you can play without sleeves, even though I don't recommend it. Vaseline goes a long, long way. Oh, <laughs>